All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is the Wally and Mathot Show Live. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally and Mathot Show. I'm Brent Wallace. He's the artist formerly known as Mephstradamus, Mark Mathot. Since he was wrong in game uh, number three of the season, hey, you had picked your old team, the other team, Dallas Stars, to win. Yes, but Wally, before you start verbally assaulting me for that wrongful pick, <laughs> I need to add very briefly that, uh, well, we can get into it later, but I didn't like the way Dallas played last night, but we'll touch on that afterwards. All right. I'm sure now you did, you were at the game. Did you take a lot of heat by the way for uh, picking Dallas? <laughs> no one said anything. That was, that was actually my first game uh, or rather first time attending a game since my last uh would have been like two years ago with Dallas coming in when I was injured. So it was really weird, but um, for those who don't know what the heck I'm talking about, I was there for the alumni meeting that we had and we're starting to get that back and I'm on the board now with those guys. So, uh, it was cool to be on that other side and I ran into some fans. They were all positive Wally. They didn't hear anything about my predictions, which is very good. So I'm here to tell the tale. <laughs> well, okay. So, uh, Ian Mendes is standing by, but before we get to him, uh, do you want to update then on, uh, being on the Sens alumni board and what you're looking to do here? Yeah, no, I mean, well, I guess it's just getting involved, right? I think at this point, um, and we've had conversations, Aaron Robinson works for the team. He's been fantastic for us as well. And Laurie Boschman's the president. So he introduced, uh, it's actually Mike Blunden and I are the two rookies. We were getting ribbed a little bit by all the older guys that were in the room and being the young the young ones. And they even gave me a, a Bush League parking spot. I was a little further than the rest of the alumni. Uh, so they're making me work for it a little bit, but uh, no, as far as initiatives go, it's just getting involved in the community and having that tie with the team. And I think it's incredibly important. Uh, it's fun to be a part of, and we're resources that the team can use essentially, right? And I think it drives more people towards uh, the games and being involved and being able to have little meetings with them and signings and whatnot. So really exciting stuff. Uh, did you have to pay 30 bucks for parking? So 
<laughs> we'll get to it in a sec. Well, uh, I'll, okay, fair yeah. enough. All right, let's bring on Ian Mendez, by the way. Um, that's always great to see. <laughs> oh, there he is wearing, look at pr- this hat. wearing what is the he cowboy doing? hat. <laughs> Wrapping the hat. Yeah, I, I thought for sure Wally was going to say, I say after Meth said, they gave me a Bush League parking spot, and Wally would say, speaking of Bush League, let's bring in our next guest. <laughs> that would have been, been a nice perfect segue. segue, man. Perfect segue. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't do that. Uh, yeah. We got lots to talk about. I know we don't have a lot of time with you. I appreciate you stopping by. So let's get right to our topics today because there's lots to discuss. Um, do, do you need to talk about the Cowboys or have you talked about it enough, by the way, before we begin? This this says it all. By the way, last night I missed the entire Cowboys game because it was going on at the same time as the Senators-Stars game. So I did have a tablet set up in the uh, in the press box, but I really didn't watch the game. In fact, this <laughs> afternoon, my plan is to kind of go back and watch uh, the Cowboys game because I missed the whole thing. Like when that game was going to overtime was right when Ottawa was protecting their one goal lead in the final minute. And I thought, listen, I, I can catch up on the Cowboys at some point. Uh, I was, all of my attention was on uh, uh, the ice. And when CD lamb scored that touchdown yesterday, I was sitting in the DJ Smith press conference room. So I, I didn't see any of it live. <laughs> I, I can, hey, the wrong it's Dallas tough game. for me. It's tough for me to go back and watch a game I already know the outcome of, unless I got to do it for, I guess, work purposes, like an old sense game. Do you, like, Matt and Mendez, you guys watch old games even know you even though you know the outcome? Ian, you want to touch on that one? Well, so this is tricky because, like, I try really hard, and I'm sure sense fans will, will have had this problem where maybe you have a social event, and you want to watch the game in its entirety, but you don't want to know the outcome, right? So mm. you, you shut off your phone, and it's really hard <laughs> to do because inevitably somebody will tell you something. So usually what I'll do is I'll fast-forward stuff. Like if I'm going through, I'll just fast-forward. Like this Cowboys game, I'm just going to go to the final five minutes and watch that. I won't go back and rewatch it, but it's hard in the year 2021 to not watch a sporting event, not find out what goes on, yeah. and then go and watch it start to finish, right? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't yeah, I find it that, that that's been that's been my challenge too. So there's games. Obviously, I'm not active on Twitter every night during games. People can see that I'm not always chiming in. That's usually because I'm not actually watching the game. I do have a family life as well, so you have to try to balance it accordingly. And 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 it's hard because you're right. You watch it the next morning. You try to make the attempt to do that. But I'm the same as Ian. I'll fast forward through a lot of the stuff and skim through all the fat and get to the nitty gritty and listen to the people in between periods, the analysts, and watch the highlights on the goals and the special teams but it can get, uh, it can get long. All right, listen, I got to get to, I'm going to skip over a topic, Alex, by the way, I'm going right to get in line brought to you by <laughs> SportsInteraction.com. I'm even messing things up already because Parker Gill asked the same question that I want an answer to. And that is Brady Kachuk is going to return to the ice on Thursday. So what uh-huh. happens in this lineup? We know that Kachuk as Mendez wrote in his article from DJ Smith, that Norris and Batherson are going to play on that line. So where does Tim Stutzla go? Is Tim Stutzla now going to end up on a third line, or does Nick Paul get bumped down? I, I don't. It's going to be. It's obviously going to cause a lot of issues. Mendez, where do you think Tim Stutzla should be in the lineup on Thursday? Boy, it's it's a it's a great question, right? <laughs> and I think here's the thing. I think we all of us are guilty. Fans, media, we it, we just put so much emphasis on D pairings and line combinations in October, and 
these are just moot points. You get back to this in March and things are totally different. But this will give us a little bit of a window, I think, into what DJ Smith is thinking. And and I like the way you've set it up here because I do think that that Paul Pinto and Brown line, if you listen to DJ Smith, he has repeatedly referred to it as his identity line. And I think there's part of me that wonders, though, is that going to be something that we see at home versus on the road? Like, he's got the home matchups, right? He can put out uh, – Paul Pinto Brown against anybody that he wants to at home on the road. It's going to be a little different. I like this particular configuration um, to start with on Thursday, but I'm open to it. I think as long as those top three lines are all getting similar minutes, I think maybe we need to drop the one, two, and three lines. I think sometimes in the media, we put way too much emphasis on first line, second line, third line. Like as long as the minutes are somewhat comparable, I think it's a little bit of an overstated, um, point on our part yeah i agree and 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 in this particular case as well i think and you can make an argument that paul easily could slide back down to that third line play with tyranny and nsb just as effective because the guy can play with anybody in the team he essentially makes everybody better so um you know keeping stutzla on that second line with pinto and brown i love the scoring touch i'd like to think they'll be more prone to finishing a lot of these plays but again you know the point's been disproven when you look at last night paul goes backhand shelf so I don't think there's a wrong scenario right now. And I agree with Ian in that maybe you, you keep it the way it is. You keep Paul with that second line. And if, if, if DJ happens to notice a, a trend or something that isn't going really well, he can make the switch and throw an audible halfway through the game. It doesn't really matter. So as of right now, I'd be comfortable with Stitzler or Paul either or on either line. It makes no difference. Also, can I add one thing in here that I completely forgot about and I feel like I need to, to, to mention? Why did Wally start the show wearing glasses and then he takes them <laughs> off? Is this like a is this a power move? Damn it! Whoa, what's the deal? Mendez. What's going on here? What is that? I I did I forgot I had them on and I just took them off. So yeah. I don't I only That's just a good eye. To read a little bit. Yeah. It, you and know, so next time I, I don't appreciate you calling me up. You gotta put show. the glasses kind of in your mouth and kind of you know, you know how those old school reporters, I think Walter Cronkite used to do it. There you go. You, you put it in there and you look <laughs> like you're asking a really tough question. Okay. Well, I'm then. So here's my one sec. So, uh, Mendez, I would, there we go. Do we not, do we not owe Chris Tierney an apology? Uh, and especially Matt, after everything that we've said about him in the preseason, okay, no, 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 three no, games no, 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 no. that, look. that, he deserves all the attention and all the accolades he's now getting for the way he's performed. Before Ian, let me just interject really quickly because I know Ian's our guest. He's got the first say. I just want to touch on that really quickly because since you've created this anti-tyranny narrative, Wally, I've been getting people going, see? See what he did tonight, Math? And I'm like, I, didn't, I never once bashed Chris Tierney. All I said was that that line to me, which I was wrong in the end, but that line to me doesn't seem like it's going to create a whole lot of offense. I didn't think they would be overly effective it was an indictment towards chris tierney i just wanted to set the record straight here okay <laughs> you said that they weren't going to generate much and now yeah, they, they are they they i said they as a whole i didn't say chris tierney <laughs> sucks okay let, let's make that no, clear but, uh, hold on but let's back up for a second i think as sure. a collective let's go with the city didn't think Chris Tierney should even possibly be in the lineup to start opening night, but the way that he played last oh. season going into this year. No, 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 no. Anyway, you know, I don't agree with that at all because you do need one, at least one veteran in this lineup. There aren't a whole lot of them, and he's pretty effective all around and plays in a lot of different scenarios. I'll leave it at that because I'm cutting Ian out right now. So let's hear what his thoughts are. 
Yeah, listen, Tierney became a really uh, polarizing guy, though. Like like Wally said, at the start of the year, there were some people that thought he shouldn't be in the top nine even. There were some people that thought, like Wally said, get him out of here. I've always thought he's a really effective forward, and I think he had some issues last year. I know he wasn't 100% healthy coming into yeah. the season. I think he dealt with some back yeah. issues. Uh, before the year, he wasn't quite healthy. He looks a lot better now, uh, but we do got to remember, last year at the start of the year, I think he scored three goals in the first four games. Mm. Same thing this year, right? Three goals in three games. So mm. can he sustain this? Look, no one's expecting him to score a goal a game clip. But if he can be the Chris Tierney he was in his first season in Ottawa, like a 40-assist guy, like that's all yep. you want out of him is to, to be yeah. uh, a really solid top nine forward. And if he's got Tyler Ennis and Tim Stutzel on his wings or Tyler Ennis and Nick Paul on his wing, just be effective. And I think he can do that at this, at this stage of his career. It's going to be interesting because I don't see him – on the roster next season, right? He's a pending UFA. It just feels like he's probably on his way out of here. But I think if you're Chris Tierney, you want to prove to everybody you can play in this league and be an effective yeah. bottom six forward in, in your next contract. Yeah, I agree. And did, did anybody know about his injury prior to, like, we just found out about his back issues that he was dealing with. Was this common, like, like knowledge last season? You know, I, so I got told that last year kind of on – on background, we'll say, and you know, and you know what, you guys both know what it's like when, when people tell you things on background, you, you don't go out and necessarily say it, but you use it to sort of, no. I think, color your analysis of the team and sort of hedge some of your right. comments. So if you go back, I don't think I was overly critical of Chris Tierney because I did know in the back of my mind, I don't think this guy See? is a hundred percent healthy, but I, what I want to know, Meth is should the team have been a little bit more forthcoming and, 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 and been say, saying, Hey, Chris Tierney's yeah. banged up, guys. Like, just, that's all. And every team handles this differently. And by the way, Ottawa's got, I'm yeah. not just saying this because I've played here. They've got one of the best medical staffs in the NHL. So hats off to them for sure. And it's not always their decision to release the information. They're only doing what they're told. But the point you just made, Ian, it's bang on. I was going to touch on that. Would that not have been news that it would, that would be beneficial to people out there? Like, if I'm Chris Tierney and I'm playing through a laboring back issue, I want people to know that. I want people to know why I'm, I, it looks like I've lost a step and I'm not playing up to my potential. Like th that bothers me so much. And that's why when I was, when I would get hurt and I played, I always wanted the fans or the, the analysts or people, the talking heads to know about this because, you know, you're playing through injuries as a player, but you know, it's also going to hinder your game and your performance. And I don't want people thinking I'm playing healthy. Meanwhile, I'm just underwhelming big time. So uh, it's something that I've never understood. And it's only in hockey. It's that hockey culture where you got to play through injuries and we're not going to tell the media because we don't want the opponents to know. It's like, if I knew a player on the other team had a bad back, it wouldn't change my approach to the way I would play. And I was a physical player. It doesn't mean I'm going to go out there and hunt him down. So uh, you're not protecting the player. In fact, I think you're just doing him a disservice. But this can I'm sure you could argue this two ways. We can leave it at that. I'm surprised that you have that stance because most players don't want their injuries to become public. And we've gone through this. No, I, I Mendes and I for years. I've been in lock. I, that is not true. We have, I listen, Mendes and I have been in a locker room where people are like, I will tell you, but you can't report what our injuries, you know why that's because, happened countless because the times. team, because the team doesn't want you to tell the media and the team will be on you. If you do, because the teams for whatever freaking reason are anal about this stuff. And it's like, this isn't the 1980s where you're going to get some big dummy D-man come over the top and whack you on your sore arm. Like, it's it's a different game now. So, I, I'm telling you, I've been through this. 
all the pressure you get from your training staff or somebody else, or usually the coaches even, uh, where they're like, don't say anything to the media. We don't want you to talk about your injury. And you just go on with your business. And it's, it's unfortunate. It's the year 2021. We would never see a defenseman take a big whack at someone <laughs> in a vulnerable spot. This is where we roll the Radom Faxa on Tim Stutzler yeah. okay. from Sunday night. And Foxa, and Foxa, and I, I'm sorry, Wally, because I'm probably cutting into the structure of the show because no. we we're going to talk about it. But, but like, <laughs> I know Fox very well. And he, like, I'm telling you, that's not that it looks somewhat intentional. Maybe it was maybe a little, it, it wasn't deliberate, Aggressive? put it that way. No, it wasn't though. He's coming down. I understand that, but he's not targeting a specific area within a matter of inches on Tim Stutzla's wrist. He's not doing that. He's not Tim's, a dirty player. Tim he's, Stutzla is dressed as a tree at that moment because Faxa is trying to. Tim Stutzla is dressed as a tree at that Wally, moment. Adam Faxa Wally, is trying. Radic Faxa is trying to take his arm off. Okay, Wally, turning this into like a fancy joke doesn't prove your point. This isn't. This is not the case. <laughs> Okay, because because unlike you guys, I've played with yeah. Foxa. I know him on a personal level. He's one of the nicest, quietest human beings matter. you'll ever meet in your life. I'm just telling you, it was not malicious. I'm telling you. Look, I'm a homer. I'm a Sens fan. I'm a homer. That was not a malicious play. It was it was unfortunate. Yeah. Was Crosby's play on my finger when he severed my finger? Was that was that on purpose? Yes. No. You know what? I think the, no. I think there's a difference between. What do you mean? Yes. Look, he's taking a stick and trying to chop. Yeah, your but was hand. it intent to injure? No. No. See, yeah, I think there's a difference between malicious and reckless. I think Thank what you. Crosby yes. did to you was reckless. I think what Radom Faxa yes. did was reckless, but I don't think there was intent. And intent to me is what makes something malicious, if that makes sense. Agreed. But it's reckless Agreed. and irresponsible. Yeah, and Wally, I'm with you on that too. Like, it should not happen, but I don't think there was any intent there to injure Stutzla. He's not that kind of... I don't even know if Fox has ever been injured before, or uh, I don't know if he's ever been suspended before. I don't think he's ever had any supplementary, yeah. uh, you know, That's work fair, like that. anyway. in that moment, in that moment, he is completely reckless with coming down on a two-handed chop. <laughs> so you think he just lost it and like a switch went off and he saw red when he saw no, but, Timmy's but little bare arm like, for like a split second? <laughs> That's a completely aggressive I'm gonna move. Kill it's you. not like he's just trying. He's not trying to lift his stick. He's trying to take his arm off. Yeah, but you don't. Okay, you guys played in hockey when you're so, like you know used to stick check. It's not always going underneath. Sometimes you're going over the top for body positioning. I'm just saying. Okay, we're gonna agree to disagree. <laughs> I think the five thousand dollar fine is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. So, so should he have been suspended for that? Are you saying? Are you actually he, he, telling me this? He got a fine, yeah. though, right? We, we should point out he, no, he got a fine. Yeah, five, that player yeah, safety. $5,000. But, yeah. Wally, are you saying that he should have had a game? Yeah. Oh, God, man. How do you how do you sleep at night? That is the question here. But <laughs> fair enough. You're, you're entitled to your opinion. I will not cancel you for saying that. Okay. <laughs> Mendez, what do you think, by the way? You didn't. You didn't weigh in. You just. Yeah, went I did. I, I said. Yeah. I said it was. Re I said it was reckless. Where it rises to the level of suspension for me is when you can feel like there's a little bit of intent, and I don't think there was intent. But I. I so I agree with. Give yeah. him a five thousand dollar fine. Tell him yeah. it was wrong. But if it was malicious, 
in nature, then that's when, you know, maybe you should get a game or two. And meth, here's what I want to know. When players get fined $5,000 or whatever, I don't know if you ever got hit with the Department of Player Safety. Does that just no. automatically get deduct, deducted out of your next check? Or so, do you have to actually like e-transfer it? And like you, you come up with a password <laughs> for Bill Daly? Like I would love it if you had to have a password on your money yeah. transfer. Yeah, okay, that would be amazing. But how does it work? Let me answer that. Let me answer. So I've never been suspended. Sorry, I've never been handed a fine at the NHL level. But I can tell you that it would irk me a little because I'm pretty frugal. <clears throat> but at the American <laughs> League level, me and Andrew Ferentz's younger brother, I, I don't even remember his first name. He was playing in Grand Rapids and we were in warmups and I was playing on a team full of meatheads. So I was just influenced, a very impressionable young player. So this guy cross-checked me when I was passing him by on the red line in pregame warm-up. So when I came back around, I took a, a slap shot at him with a puck as hard as I could. And it was caught on video and I was fined like $1,800 for that. That irked me because that was basically a two weeks pay for me. So that's different. But at the NHL level, slapping $5,000 on a player who's making four plus million, I don't know that it's going to change a whole lot. See, and that's my problem I have. The fines are pointless. And I understand that the players and the NHL agreed to he this should nonsensical not have, he small should not fine have been issue. He, oh, my it God. It shouldn't have even well, okay, been Okay, what if he breaks his arm? If he breaks his arm and we're just like, nah, it's just an accident. No, well, okay, that, that's a fair argument right there. But like I said, if you watch the play leading up to it, there's no, there's no animosity there. He's not frustrated with Stutzla. It's not a retaliatory move. It's just reckless. And you, I guess you can make an argument that a fine is appropriate because you are responsible for your stick and your actions. So I guess I'll agree with that. You're right. I'll, I'll go back how on that is comment. There, but a suspension, no chance. How is there no penalty? Okay, we're on spending the play? way too much time on this topic here. Wally, there, I'm agreeing. But there was a penalty, wasn't there? No, but not on that. They call something else on the ice. Yeah, you're right. There was a. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. Whatever. Okay. I guess letting, you guys are letting Chris, Chris Tierney and Radam Faxa tear you apart today. <laughs> well, I, clearly Meth got some sleep last night. Um, we're going to skip another topic and I'm going right to, because <laughs> uh, I only got Mendes for like five minutes here. Um, out of Zeitzel. What do you mean? You've had me for uh, 20 I, minutes. I know. And I only, we, I've got five topics left. More. I wrote really good, he, really good headlines for you and I don't want to miss them. So I'm going to out of Zeitzel because I thought you'd appreciate that. Uh, brought to you by gongshow.com. Go to gongshow.com and... Order up your latest uh, Wally Mathot gear. Listen, it's the blue line is still a work in progress. So they put in Delzato. Do we keep Michael Delzato in the lineup or does Victor Mete go back in for Thursday's game against San Jose? Uh, Meth, I know this is a huge topic for you. I will start with you. What did you think of Michael Delzato? I thought he was fine. Um, you know, not, <laughs> bit of a rough start, but I thought he settled in, and which is very normal as a player, I think, when you're – kind of lacking a little confidence, especially a veteran where all of a sudden you're a scratch. Some of these young guys are in ahead of you and then you got to go back in and play. But forget all that. I'm going to go back to the original comment that I made earlier. And I don't think it's a fair benchmark to, to base these decisions off of because I thought Dallas was so flat. I don't think we saw a legitimately good hockey club last night or yesterday rather at five. I thought Dallas was, a, was very underwhelming. So I don't think it's a fair assessment to base performances against that team. But... Nevertheless, that's you got to win these games. It doesn't really matter, and there's no excuses. I I don't mind his play right now. We knew DJ was going to seize an opportunity at some point to get him back in there. That's just what coaches do when they bring in veterans. you got to cater to him a little at the start. Whether we like it or not, that's just how this works. So he goes in. He's okay. He's not overly a liability. I thought he was fine. 
Um, Zaitsev's game, I'm still very undecided with because I know he works his tail off. He works very hard, but it just seems like there's not a whole lot of composure there. And and I'm not saying he's got to lug the puck up and down the ice like Mete or Shabbat or any of these players or even Branstrom if he does happen to get called back up. I just I just think right now, my guess is the lineup's probably going to stay the same. They win the game. Coaches don't like to make too many changes when you're getting a little bit of success. So for now, you can probably expect more of the same going into Thursday. And um, But I, again, this goes back to what we were talking about before the season started. I don't like as a defenseman dealing with a revolving door. I think you want stability on the back end. You want stability on your pairings. And that's that's going to be lacking for a while. And that's just how this is going to go for the most part, I'm assuming, this year because they're so thin back there. So we can analyze and talk about all these different pairings and line combinations, but quite frankly, none of this even freaking matters until Sanderson and JBD comes in, and you're going to see some more stable partners with a lot more chemistry. For now, it's just survival mode on that back end. Ian. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I tend to agree. Like, it is going to be a bit of a revolving door. And, you know, Mike Delzato yesterday, midway through the first period, had an egregious turnover and he had a ton of time yes. like he had a ton of time behind his net and he fed it yeah. right up the middle and it ended up being a great a scoring chance i think it was for joe pavelski uh, but after that he settled down and i actually liked his game from kind of the second period onwards he quarterbacked the second unit power play what i really liked though is dj smith last week i think had a really frank conversation with michael delzato and what i like about this is delzato went to dj and said I understand why you're taking me out of the lineup. I wasn't very good in yeah. preseason. Hey, what do I need to do to get better? And I think that's really, that matters because if you scratch a veteran guy, you would know this, Matt, you scratch a veteran guy opening night and you don't have the conversation with him, it becomes like Babcock and Spezza where you're like, mm, I don't yes. trust this guy. What, what's going on? My, Michael Delzato earned the right to at least have that conversation. And I think DJ Smith, being a, a former defenseman himself who was in and out of the lineup, when he tried, he understands. So he had the conversation. Delzato said, look, I wasn't good. I'll be better. So I suspect they'll come back with that same grouping. But I think unless your name is Artem Zub, Thomas Shabbat, and, and Nick Holden, I don't think your spot is secured. I've really liked Holden uh, so far, guys. Mm -hmm. Like, he's been really good. Um, so... I think the other spots seem to be up in the air. They do love Zaitsev. They do. They, they've given him an alternate captaincy here. I don't think he's really a, yep. a, 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 hold, on the verge I, uh, hold of being on. They don't, the lineup, right? They don't love him. He played 1806 last game, which was just above Michael Delzato's 1708. They are the third pairing yep. now. But he's I think not love a is a... He doesn't play any power. But he's still yeah, not. He, if he's he, that good, you put like him in the him, lineup. Like, DJ likes him. DJ likes Nikki Dezaitsev. Yes, I don't yes. think you can really argue that, especially because he's an alternate captain, right? Like, like that to me is a is, yep. a, is a big endorsement of where he stands on, on the pecking order. But I think amongst Josh Brown, Mike Delzato, and um, uh, Victor Mete, it's going to be a revolving door. But DJ doesn't want it to be. He wants uh, those one of those guys to step up and say, that's my job. And I'm taking it, and there's nothing you can do yeah. about it. Like I, I think he's looking for his Shane Pinto on the back end. Like, where's my Shane Pinto? Sure. Where's my Josh Norris? Yep. Where's my Drake Batherson? Where's my guy Artem Zub? Like, if there was a 3D printer that could just make another Artem Zub, then this would be fine. But I don't think is the technology there to, to create another Artem Zub <laughs> using a 3D printer? I don't know, but that's that's what they need right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I, I, agree. And then I that, need to quickly then, move on. Yeah, I was. Just, Okay, go ahead. Move on. Let's move on from that. I got to move on. We don't. We, uh, we'll come yep. back to that later when Mendez is gone. I do. We bring up the attendance sure. issue. 
8,067. Yeah. And I know, so, uh, Ian, I know you wrote about it. Do we just chalk this all up to the pandemic and people being concerned, which is a very valid reason? Or is there, yeah. again, do we go back to the previous years of all the other issues that underlie why the attendance is where it's at? So here's the thing, and I, I've always felt this in Ottawa. If you ask 10 people why they're not going to a Senators game, you're going to get 10 different answers from people. Yep. Like, you're going to hear about ownership. You're going to hear about the arena location. Now you're going to hear about uh, the pandemic. And now you're going to hear about uh, vaccine policies. And that, like So there, there's not one singular answer, but there is one singular problem, yep. which is we can't go on like this much longer. We can't, we can't have an NHL team drawing 8,000 people a game and not understanding why that is. And I looked it up and I could be wrong. I think that might be the lowest attendance ever at a Senator's regular season game. Oh, I could man. be wrong. I think that that might be it. Like I, I went back six or seven years. I couldn't find anything lower than 8,067. So uh, to me, guys, Thursday night is a huge litmus test. You've got Brady Kachuk in his first game back after signing a seven-year contract extension. We know he's going to play. It's not, is he going to play? No, he's playing. So that's taken out of the equation. You got Eric Carlson coming back. And whatever you think about Carl, he was a super popular player here. Iconic guy. Like So he's going to be in the lineup. So now you've got the guy that is probably going to be your new captain, your old captain. It's his little kind of passing of the torch. How many people are we going to see at the game? Uh, I'm going to put the number at, I don't know, maybe 13,000. I'm hoping that the, we get to 13,000. If we get fewer than 13,000 people, it's going to be a little bit of a red flag for me. I'm willing to be patient on this. I'm willing to understand people have concerns about COVID and the vaccine. And, and maybe if you have a child who's under 12, you don't want to take them in that environment. I get it. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to say, if we're getting under 10,000 people on a regular basis, somebody's got to say what is going on here, right? Yeah. I, well, yeah, I the guess. answer is obvious to me, and that is I am no issues whatsoever with people going, until there is a change in ownership, I am not supporting it. I will watch at home, and I'm okay with that. $30 for parking when you know you're out in the middle of Canada, I think is a joke. I think you need to lower the parking price to go, hey, we want you to come here. Let's not try and gouge you every time we get you here. Let's make it feasible for people to show up and enjoy a game. If you don't like the owner, at least be able to spend money watching a game you like to watch on the ice and not feel like you've got to spend eight grand to go to a hockey game. Meth, sorry. No, 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 no. And But for me, it's more, and I, just from a player's perspective, I like to say, like, you're not watching a bunch of has-beens or an old group out there. Like, right. this is a young, exciting team, right? And, 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 and not just, like, first-year rebuild. Like, we're starting to see them drive the bus. Like, I was there yesterday. I, I had fun. Like, how much fun, Ian, was it to watch that Batherson-Norris line I mean, they're just so good, and they're controlling the play. That first goal, they had so much sustained pressure. I mean, really, as a whole, this 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 team's got a really good thing going right now. And from a fan's perspective, it's just exciting to watch. So, again, I'm not going to lean on all the other variables that we're talking about. Obviously, there's some obvious issues here at, at stake, but at play, I should say. But for me, just supporting this team the best we can. I know it's asking for a lot. I know the parking's expensive. Some of the concessions can be expensive. I heard issues about the concessions, although I didn't see it firsthand. I saw some chatter about it online on how the wait lines were long and they've had some staffing yep. issues. But for the most part, what a great team and fun team to watch right now. So I'm hoping fans come out to watch these boys play on Thursday because from a player standpoint, when you go out there 
and there's 15, 16, 17,000 people in the stands cheering you on, there isn't a better feeling in the world. So this group deserves that. Again, very sympathetic towards all the stuff that's happening, particularly with COVID. Uh, and we have to respect that. But for those that are willing to go out there, I encourage it because it's a lot of fun to watch. What, what I want to know, and I think is really interesting is, and Wally brought it up, look, there, there is a disconnect between the organization and the fan base. Like, we're not making that up. It's, it's tangible. You can see it in the attendance numbers. My question that I want to ask in kind of in an open fashion here, and then I'm sure I'll do it on The Athletic, is, like, are fans willing to forgive the owner as it pertains to the exodus of star players? Like, are we past that narrative now? Because in their defense, okay, if we look at this super objectively, they have started to fulfill the promises that they said that they were going to do. Drake Batherson is locked up for six years. Thomas Shabbat for seven yep. more years. Brady Kachuk for seven more years. So if your biggest complaint was your favorite players kept walking out the door, my question is, do you still harbor a grudge? I'm, I'm literally asking that in an open manner because I want to know from Sens fans. I don't want to tell you what to think. I want to hear what you think. It's a good question. Well, how do we feel about this, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I, it's, I think just, I, I'm not sure Sorry, it's just the exodus of players. Uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that goes on, whether or not it's how they treated the people in the public, how uh, you've always got the owner going to run to Toronto to talk about how the team is operating and how they choose to avoid operating in the Ottawa market, how they try to isolate people, how they've treated their staff in the past. There's all kinds of issues that just don't have to pertain to the way the team performs on the ice. Listen, Mendez, we covered a team that went through bankruptcy and people still supported yep. this team through thick and thin. And I think that that, there are, that group still exists. Those fans are still there. If not, they're more passionate now than they've ever been. I just think they're tired of the way this organization feels it's entitled to being in Ottawa and that everybody should just flock to their games and spend whatever and sit there and be quiet. And I just think that they're more uh, in tune than that uh, for this group of fans here in the city. Yeah, hey, hey, listen, this is going to be a really interesting storyline to watch because they've got a home game Thursday against San Jose, Saturday afternoon yeah. against the Rangers, which I, I like that. I like the afternoon start time. Yeah. I like, you know, the Rangers original six team. And then Alex Ovechkin, I think if the Capitals come in, maybe this is a conversation we have next week at this time, right? Maybe, hey, listen, yeah. if 15,000 people come to each of those games, maybe we all need to stand down. But the 8,067 that showed up yesterday – that was worrisome yeah. for me. And I, you know, it was, it was troubling. It, it, and like Matt said, so, this is a fun team to watch. This isn't a bunch of yeah. ragtag, yep. uh, you know, place holding veteran guys. These are guys who love playing in Ottawa here. And they, it's a fun mm -hmm. team to watch. So, so one final question on that, just so we're fair, what, are, what has the attendance been in some of these other Canadian cities? Do we know? Like I, I obviously I'm an idiot. I don't do my homework when it comes to this stuff with the numbers. <laughs> do we know what Montreal and Toronto has been bringing in? Uh, Montreal's high, but I don't have an exact number. No, I, oh, I'm yeah, just trying to make I, some like, comparisons so that we're not overanalyzing just Ottawa, you know, but I don't know. I don't know the numbers. Well, I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, the first game for Toronto, which is uh, was, was on Wednesday against the Habs, it was a pretty much a sellout, but it wasn't quite... Okay. Or, or, or the Saturday night, they, sorry, Saturday night, they were a little bit under. I got the numbers right here. Toronto's home opener, they had 18,493. And then against Ottawa, mm. they had 18,211. Okay. Okay, so they're getting 18,000 at Toronto. Yeah. But it's hard it's to hard compare because that's not... It's a big city. Uh, but the Bell, Center, yeah. the Bell Center had their first game 
with full capacity on Saturday, 21,105 sellout. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, again, but, but, but for us, it's more about the other teams. Like Calgary is going to play their first game on uh, Monday night. At exactly. Home. Like maybe that's a, yeah. that's going to be a better comparison. Calgary, us, right? Winnipeg, some better comparisons for sure. Yeah, I agree. All right, Mendez, beat it. You can go. That's it? <laughs> Thanks, well, Ian. Just, Thanks for coming on, me, brother. You told me 30 minutes or it's free. I did. I did. Well, listen, I, I can certainly leave my kid at school and she can just stand outside <laughs> for, for 10 minutes uh, and we can keep going here. That's, that's okay. <laughs> no, no. Well, no. But hey, listen, okay, I, just... I, I, can't, I can't stress how much I love coming on your show. I know I'm like, I'm number one on the all-time. Uh, nobody's come on your show as much as I have. I just want to say how much I love it, how much I love the banter between the two of you uh, and everything that you guys do. Um, it's, it's, it's really frank, fun, honest, open discussions, and I, I love doing it. So thanks for, thanks for having me, as always, guys. You're the best. I will Ian. get you Thank a you, sweatshirt, brother. I promise. There we go. I already got a hat and a golf shirt. I just need a sweatshirt <laughs> and a mug. <laughs> and All a right, mug. guys. Done. Have a good one. See you, pal. Take okay, care. See ya. There yeah. goes Ian Mendez with The Athletic. Uh, does a phenomenal job writing in The Athletic. And we, I mean, we love having him on. So uh, he yeah. leaves lots of stuff for us to talk about. But I just, I want to see this organization or this franchise team succeed on the ice. I don't care about the front office stuff. I think it's a huge detriment to this team on the ice. But when it comes to this fan base, I have no issues with how it is supported teams throughout the past the international uh when the international baseball league was here triple uh, a they set an attendance record they set an attendance record if i'm not mistaken with the ottawa 67s years ago and they also used to be at capacity when this team was in the middle of a bankruptcy and people had no idea what was happening so i don't ever question the commitment that this sends fan base has how they've oh, been no. treated i think it goes a long way and that's the only issues yeah, but, that's one of the main and, issues and, that i have but, but to be fair, because we were talking about yeah. it, I was in a box yesterday during the game and we were kind of talking about obviously the, the obvious issue in that you're in the building and you notice when there's only, you know, half capacity yeah. or less than half, I should say. Um, and I was sitting beside one of the guys and they had mentioned that they were there at some of those games during our 2017 run when we were in the playoffs playing against Boston and New York. And they were very specific in that there were several games at home that weren't even sold out during those two playoff runs. Now, is that, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to go back a little bit because I was playing, obviously, so I don't really pay too much yeah. attention to the missing seats. Like, was that the case, Wally? Were some of those games not sold yep. out? Yeah, yeah. So Eastern why would Conference that be? Final did not right? sell out. So you, don't, so you don't have the pandemic interfering. You've got a winning product with a legitimate team, but you're not selling out those games, right? And I, I, Do you want for me, like, I had a blast. Like, I'm not attacking anybody for not going. I don't care. I'm just saying, for the purpose of this conversation, what was the issue then? Same thing it is now. The yeah. guy that sits in the office. I listen. If but this I can't just be this can't just be that right. Like there's got to be more. No, I mean, it is. Like, if for, so I know this is this is a you could attack this from any angle, I guess, and we can go around and round. I just think that despite whoever you don't agree with, um, you know, if your team is doing really well and you appreciate good hockey, playoff hockey, no less. Like we're not talking, we're not talking about a run with like you know. I, like toward the end of the regular season, we're talking about legitimate playoff hockey here against, against big market teams, right? So there, okay. We could spend a whole hour on this. There, there I know, are I know we issues. can. One yeah. is that is, and I think they brought this up recently is the government is the largest employer in the city. 
they cannot buy season tickets. So your largest that business Phoenix pay system can't issue. support, yeah. right? Then there's the Phoenix pay system, yeah. which was happening in 2017. People went like two years without getting paid. I know. That was happening back yeah. then. And you're coming off the heels of 2016 and Parliament Hill, where the owner said, you know what? It's like a McDonald's. If it doesn't work, I'm going to put it somewhere else. And that really upset people. And so the people who have hard-earned yeah. money, who want to go and take their family to a game, got treated like they were a second-class citizen by a guy who at the time thought he was a billionaire. And so that becomes an issue. And I, I fully support the Ottawa fans and how they are voicing their displeasure with how they've been treated as a fan base. Listen, you go to Toronto to help sell your team as opposed to trying to come to the nation's capital where all the money is for this particular franchise and sponsorship, and you're not selling it here. You're going to Toronto on their radio to talk about your franchise and what your captain should be like and how you're going to sign. If he's not going to sign, if he's going to sign a bridge deal, he doesn't get to be a captain. All that stuff happens outside of this city. Well, that can't continue to happen, and that needs to change. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, so a lot of things we'll, need to change here. Yeah. No, that's that's we'll, fair. We'll see if it moves on and it, it improves, but I don't question the commitment that this group has in this city to how this franchise or how they want this team to win. You can feel it. Like you can feel going out. And the number of people that always come to me, man, like this is a great team. Like they just signed Kachuk and look at your top six and all this stuff. People love this group on the ice. They just there's need, a lot of, there's, there's a, a lot of buzz. I agree, Wally. And, 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 and yeah. you know, and like, and things are going well internally right now. I mean, Pierre Dorian yeah. done a great job. He's locking in some of these new players or some of the big young guns now that are playing well. Batherson, Kachuk, like they're fulfilling those promises. That Kachuk negotiation was not easy and he got that done. So we got to give Pierre props there. <laughs> DJ Smith brings in this great team identity. So it's unfortunate, right? Because there's a lot to like here in the city with the Ottawa Senators. And I'm hoping, I guess I'm just passionate about it, right? Like I've got a young boy, sure. I've got a young daughter. At some point, I want to be able to take them to these games and show them, hey, daddy played here and 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 have them cheer on some of these young players so they can wear a Brady Kachuk jersey or whatever it is in a couple of years. So I'm yes. I'm like everybody else in that I want to know that when I go, it's going to be entertaining. There's going to be a great atmosphere. The building's going to be packed, um, you know, like anybody else, I guess. I just like, and you, Wally, we just want to see the team, the organization do well and prosper. So so a couple of things. One, my kid has a Brady Kachuk jersey, and he's glad to hang oh, it no in kidding. his closet. <laughs> and right, I have a great story about that. Well, so here, again, we go back to I think last episode we talked about getting autographs. And uh, now that he's old enough, and he doesn't, oh, I don't, he doesn't necessarily believe there's a big guy that shows up at night on Christmas. Um, yeah. I got him a. So I wanted to get him a signed Kachuk jersey for his birthday, and I saw Brady, and this is two years ago now. And I'm like Brady. I, listen, I got this gift. Would you mind signing it for my son? For He's like, no, no, no problem. So a couple of games go by and it's now December 23rd or 22nd. It's the last game. And I don't, if I don't have this, like, how am I going to, I can't put this under the tree kind of thing if it's not. So I'm waiting. And so I saw Brady that day. He's like, don't worry. I'll see you tonight. I'm like, okay. It's now like an hour and a half after the game. And you know, after the game, an hour and a half is a really long time to still be at the rink. So I'm thinking, mm -hmm. he's gone. There's no chance he's gone. Like, this is it. I've now ruined Christmas for my kid. I've uh, failed. So <laughs> I'm like, like, I can't help. This is just, it's mess. It's playing with me. So I'm just sitting outside like a lost puppy in the hallway. Out he comes. Yeah. I am so sorry, Brent. I completely apologize. Listen, what do you need me to, like, and he just, he did it. And he was, he was very apologetic. So I, it got done. But anyway, that's why there's a, there's a Brady Kachuk. Genuine guy. He's a genuine sense. player. Yeah, he's, he's very good. Highly likable. 
Yeah. So the point is, is that everybody supports that kind of way. You see the jerseys, you see the car flags, you see all the signage and people talking and they lighting up our, like our chat and they light up all the radio stations and all that stuff because they want to be involved. Mm. But because of all the stuff, if your girlfriend kept telling you, you know what, if you don't be better, I'm going to move. I'm just going to move to a different city and I'm never going to talk to you again. You would get upset and you would be very disappointed and you would feel a little jilted, right? So I'd buy her a ticket, him, a bus ticket. So, but with him saying, I'm going to move this franchise if you don't start to give me your money, it's the same kind of feeling and it doesn't feel good. And you don't want to be treated like you're being bullied into having to go. And that's that's one of the issues. The other issue is they don't put enough money into the game day production. They have zero budget almost to try and make stuff happen. And they don't do a very good job of that. They don't sell this product properly and they don't sell this team properly in order for everybody to get behind it. And that's an issue. They treat the media like we're... A, like a scourge on them instead of us working together to try and help sell this franchise. And that's an issue. Okay. All right. I'm done. Uh, you got it out of your system. Is, yeah, it, no, it, 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 it pains me because I have to listen to it all the time. And I just, it, I disagree with the narrative that's being developed here in the nation's capital. Uh, but we Fair will enough. move on. I got a couple of topics. Uh, one yep. of them is uh, goaltending. So, uh, when Matt Murray came into this season, we're like, this is going to be good. Matt Murray's now he's, you know, put on weight. He's worked on his game. He's changed a lot of stuff. Well, he's not in the lineup to start. All of a sudden the Sens are two and one and their goals against average right now is a tidy 2.50. Their save percentage, 935 through three games. Last season, their save percentage was 28th in the league at 895 and a goals against of mm. 338 for 27. They have turned things around at least defensively or goaltending wise. Um, I guess your thoughts are, how do you view the way the goaltending has been so far to start this season? And still, we have yet to see Matt Murray take to the net. Yeah, it's a good problem to have, right? And I think at this point, um, I think this kind of solidifies for any doubters how important it is. And I, in this case in particular, I mean, what do you do? I think with Murray, I'm not giving up on him. I know that he had he had some good flashes there in training camp where he looked pretty strong and composed and he was tracking the puck really well. Um, but the current situation in tandem that we have back there, I think you just keep rolling with it. And you don't rush Murray back. You make sure that he's completely healthy. And and essentially, with the games that have been played now, with these two fellas playing, I mean, they bought everybody time. So there's no hurry. We're going to see how Thursday goes. I mean, this is, first of all, we got to remember here, this is just two games. So we can, we can you know, ooh and ah over some of the performances that we're seeing. But until they're really right. tested, like I don't think, I don't think the team was tested that well uh, against Dallas. I, I truly believe that. And I think it was sure. evident because I played with them. And I know you watch Jamie Ben fight Josh Brown right off the beginning. That goes to show you where that team is at right now in Dallas. When your captain is willing to drop the gloves against Josh Brown, you know, like a, a third, second or third line defenseman, that says a lot. It's very sure. telling. He's trying to jolt his group up, right? He's trying to get them going. So I don't know that that was a fair assessment as I said earlier when we were speaking with Ian. So I think we got to wait a little bit more. They're going to get some big tests coming up and then we'll get a better picture of what's going on and where the team is at. So great. That was a game that they needed to win. That's how you make the postseason. Yeah. You pounce on teams that don't show up. So I can't take anything away from the Ottawa Senators because you still have to win the game. You still have to put your skates on, go out there and win the game. And it's not going to get handed to you. But for the goalies to play the way they are right now, what a great scenario. What a great problem to have. I don't know that there's an answer yet with Murray. You could slot him in maybe as a backup, get him some reps, have him nearby, but I don't even know that there's a need for that at this at this point, Wally. Keep him getting reps in in practice. He's going to be staying out a little longer. 
after these pregame skates. He's going to get a lot of work done with the goalie coach, and they're going to go from there. And you'll probably see him at some point over the next week. He's got, I mean, but he's obviously got to get back in there. But you uh, brought up, yeah, there's a, it is a small sample size. And you talked about Dallas game and them not giving him a very a tough ride, if you will. But that season opener, they pumped what 50 shots the Leafs had at Anton Forsberg. Yes. He was pretty good in that yes. game, too. Like, like he they, was fantastic in that game. Small sample size, I get it, but they look yep. like that. I get the feeling, though, when you go into a game with either Forsberg or Gustafson at the moment, you stand a chance to win. And that always hasn't been the case when a backup goalie has gone in for the Ottawa Senators, or even, you know what, for Matt Murray, yeah, for that I matter, agree. going back into last season. It changes your mind mentally, yeah. does it not, when you know your totally. goaltender totally. is going to play well? Yeah, well, it just gives you confidence, right? Because when you're going back there as a defenseman or a forward, it doesn't matter, and you're you're stepping onto the ice and you've got a liability, per se, going in between the pipes or a goalie that perhaps isn't that confident, it absolutely, without a question, affects the group. It just does. You can't avoid it. Um, you're going to play a little different. You're not going to play as confident. And, and the odd soft goal that does go past, if it becomes yeah. a consistent thing, it's such a deflating um, thing to happen to a group, especially for the players, right? So, um, yep. and that's why it's the most important position. I mean, I don't like harping on goaltenders because I don't envy that position whatsoever. To me, it's one of the hardest positions to play in sport, in professional sports. There's so much pressure put on them. It's such a mental position, which is why they're all borderline mental cases to begin with while I've been playing with them. And I, I obviously say uh, that lately. I'm obviously joking to a degree, yeah. but they're all very quirky because it's such a mental thing. It's such a mental position. And um, if you're off even a little bit or you're, you're questioning your own confidence as a goaltender, you've already lost. So to see them playing right now, they're big bodies. They cover a lot of net. They're playing with a lot of composure. They're tracking the puck really well back and forth. Um, but that's also... Uh, that's also maybe a compliment to the group in front of them right now. They're playing a little with a little more structure. You've got a more cohesive group in front of them now. The defense, I've still got some question marks there, but as a whole, they're playing much more responsibly, you know, in their own zone. They're getting better exits and they're hanging on to pucks longer now. So they're not getting shelled. Mind you, the Toronto game would prove against that point, but for the most part, I think they're playing much better and it's helping the goaltending. Uh, this is a very good time. I should have probably mentioned this during when we were talking about attendance. Uh, Wally Mathot Show brought to you by Whitewater Beer, because uh, I could probably use one right about now. Uh, shop whitewater.ca. 15% uh, off using the Wally Mathot coupon. Get home delivery. Uh, free delivery in Ontario. They are... Uh, <laughs> it just looks good to see it on, hey, on camera. And, and not yeah, only I that, but tag us. Order. So if you guys... Yeah, if you guys order some of those beers, tag us in some of these posts. We've been seeing them online, and we'll repost them on our accounts. It's cool to see, and Again, a local company. That's that's what this is all about. And they do. They have a fantastic product, and they're a good family that run it. So we we support that. It's fantastic. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, one of our last topics before we go here. I got to bring Craig in at some point. Um, out of form. Brought to you by BEI Bonisher Excavating Inc. Uh, visit BonisherExcavating.com. They are proudly helping to build the Ottawa Valley. Is Alex Formanton in the doghouse, Beth? He's gone from arguably third line. To last night, he played seven minutes and 59 seconds. He played five shifts, four minutes in the final two periods. That What ha what has happened to Alex Formanton that DJ Smith doesn't obviously like to see? Oh, well, I think we can't overreact, but it's a very valid I'm overreacting because it it's my show. No, no. It, I, <laughs> I know. I hear you. <laughs> and no, but it is a good question for sure, Wally. And, and I think for me, it's... It's, it's not that complicated, right? Like you have, especially once Kachuk comes in now, 
you've got a very flooded, pretty deep left side. And Forms, yep. as we know, um, is not going to be playing, at least I don't think he's going to be playing ahead of any of those three guys. So for me to have a, a depth guy play anywhere underneath or sub 10 minutes is, is a very normal thing. And I thought he had a fantastic training camp. I thought he was playing with a ton of confidence. I don't think he's really been that bad in the games, but coaches sometimes yeah. have a different vantage point. So when you're behind the bench and you happen to see a goal where maybe one player might not be in the best position, that might sit with you right now, you know, and, and you don't have that same bird, bird's eye view. So in the moment when you're managing your players, that's just how this works. And sometimes there really isn't a great explanation for it. There, are, there were nights when I played where maybe I played 15 minutes and some of that was special teams getting in the way. Um, some of that were just line combinations. Maybe a defenseman got into a fight and I got to get lost into the, into the pairings, but it's, it's just, it happens. And sometimes there yeah. really isn't a clear cut uh, explanation for it, but he's going to be a really good player. Wally. I think he could, he easily, and I'm not just saying this lightly, he easily could be a top tier penalty killer in the national hockey league with his skating ability. He's got a little yeah. fire in him, a little sandpaper when he wants to. And he can finish. And I think if he really develops that, especially that shot when he comes down the wing, we saw it in training camp, he can be a very dangerous player and a nightmare uh, against power play guys that are, you know, on your opponent. So as a PK guy, he should really take and and, and relish that, that new role. And that's what's going to give him staying power at the National Hockey League level. Uh, the one of the things uh, that may actually be true, because I checked, he wasn't on for any goals. Like I know he may have had a turnover, uh, but wasn't he on? Probably... He was on for the first goal, wasn't he? Wasn't he on for that first goal uh, against the raffle goal? I, missed it. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's, but my point right. is that sometimes this goes over a couple of games, right? Where uh, it may yes. not necessarily be that game. It could be a game before or something that they saw. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I just, right. I like Alex Formanton's game. And I, I, me too. I think that he, I don't know. For me, he would be a third line guy. And I just, for him to go 11 28 in game yeah. one to 13 17 in game two, back to eight minutes, I just thought was. It's a little shocking but where does he to me, fit? Again, we're three games. He doesn't season, fit there. So I don't want to hit the panic button. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's really yeah. early, and 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 like I said earlier, on that left side, where else are you going to put him? And yeah. if they're going to be playing that fourth line, like look at his look at his look at his line mates, right? Like these aren't established NHL players. These are rookies that have been called up, maybe for the exception of Sanford if he draws in. But I mean, it's all about trust at the NHL level, and coaches tend to trust players who they're aware of and that they know pretty well, and those are veterans and. NHL regulars, so he's probably going to load up on those top three lines, put a lot of uh, put a lot of ice time towards them, and supplement that fourth line to give the other guys a break. That's typically how this works, unless the team is just getting shelled out of the arena. So I don't expect Formanton, unfortunately, to get a lot of ice time because you know his line mates are very inexperienced, and that's just the way this uh, this 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 league works. All right, uh, bringing in Craig now because we're uh, running out of time. We're now down to uh, our final few minutes, and that is. Um, by the way, before hey Craig, how are you doing, sir? Hey guys, what's um, great show today, boys. Chat was on look fire. Look how handsome Craig looks today. Oh, it's the it's the tones, right? I got a little blue, a little red. Eh, trying to look nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, chat was loving you guys today. Uh, good candid good. stuff. You guys going at each other. Oh man, it was a great show. I was good. Sit back and watch that one. Um, yeah. I will say, like, maybe we'll touch on attendance one more time, or just the yeah, way that you sure. see oh. it, because you worked in that office. No, <laughs> but hang on a sec. Be it's not what you think it is, Matt. It's the, you've seen it on a different side and you understand how hard that that front office uh, salespeople work to try and put seats yeah, in the, or people in the seats, right? So 
yeah. I guess your reaction when you see that there's 8,000 people at a game, and I understand we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, well, that's the number one. Like, to be honest with you, that's that's one of the reasons why I'm not racing to go there. Like, I want to see what how it goes first. Like, I want to see yeah. uh, other problems with concessions. Is it overrun? What's the mask uptick look like? Like, those are all the things that I kind of, as a parent who have, has a kid under 12, like, I want to sit back and see that first. Now, I applaud the people that they go and support their team. Uh, I have no issues if you do want to go. Like, it's kind of up to yeah. a lot of people to decide. So I think I think that does play a bit of a factor into it. But for me, I mean, it, it goes back to a mentality with the way things work is everything is about kind of solving immediate problems. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be all hands on deck to try and sell out Thursday, right? Everyone's going to bust their ass all this week. They're going to hit up their clients. They're going to email specials out, social media. You're going to see some uptick there um, to try and fill the building for Thursday. And then Thursday is going to come. And then, then what? You got to do it again for the next one. And so I think it's just, it's been a long-term kind of lack uh, in planning beyond the next couple of games, right? So I think if there was some more strategies in place to keep people around longer term, uh, to even just build up fans, right? Like you gotta, you gotta really kind of bring a lot of these people back now. And uh, I think they've done that yeah. with some of the contracts they've gotten done, but like there needs to be some long-term strategy. It seems like there's a new ticket thing every year and every year they revamp the way they do season tickets. And there's just, there's not a lot of stability there. And, and I think yeah. people are just kind of, I don't know. They're waiting back to decide. I think the, the positive part, if I was to look at it, is is there's still people that are supporting their team, right? And whether it's in the building or not, how do you translate and how do you get those people to come to the games? Because I would say, like, if you look at social media, people are digging this team. Like, there's a lot of ch good chatter yep. about it. So how do you translate Free tickets that? for everybody. <laughs> well, there, yeah, there was a time when that was that was, that was was an answer, right? Is Let's kind of make yep. it paper it a little paper bit it. and keep this, yep. keep this sellout streak going. So you have these artificial things to fix it. It's like long-term, what, what is it? Some people will say the owner. I mean, sure. Uh, I think if you can find a way to support this team in a way that you're comfortable, whether it's going to a game, buying season tickets, buying a jersey, or even just watching it. You know what, man, the number one thing that – I think a lot of parents could do is maybe, I don't know, have your kids support the local team. You know what I mean? If you're a longtime Leafs fan or San, or Habs fan or whatever, it's funny keep you that. say and that. Keep it's, it. Yeah. But I was just going like, to touch on that briefly. I was at a, I was at a pumpkin yeah. patch yesterday with my family. It was that borderline a nightmare, but we got through it. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, but, but there were a few kids teams there. Like, I think there was a football team there. You can see they're all wearing the jackets. And a bunch of them had Toronto Maple Leaf hats on. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's just reinforcing your point. And we've yep. all, this is the obvious that, you know, the team hasn't been around that long, right? So a lot of the older folks in town, parents mm -hmm. and stuff have grown up fans of Montreal or Toronto. So, mm -hmm. you know, we got to try, I don't know how you do this, but at some point you think over time, kids are going to start growing up being legitimate Sens fans. You just got to get rid of that little influence that's coming from mom and dad. Yeah, absolutely. But we're and 30 I, years in, though. We're 30 <laughs> years into this franchise. It takes time, like Wally. To, in fairness, I it does take time, but, right? But, yeah. you know? but now you're a second-generation Sens guy, right? Like, or possibly, right? Like, if you're 30 and you had a 20, you had a kid, a kid who's 10. Well, like, you should now be fully entrenched in a Sens, Yes, I the guess, young fandom. kids now. Because I'm younger than I'm younger than you, Wally, and, and Craig, I think I'm a little younger than you too, obviously. Yeah. So when I grew up, I wasn't even really a Sens fan until I got into like my teens. And then I started paying attention to players like Zidane Chera and you know Chris Phillips, obviously who was there prior, but I really started noticing Ottawa and admiring some of those players when I got a little older. But my point is when I was young, I didn't care for them, right? It was more like Boston because I liked Ray Bork and I liked the Montreal Canadiens because my dad yeah. liked them. So 
influence from your parents is huge and, and friends and family and, and whatnot, but I think you're going to start to see a shift. So it's not, we can't just be all doom and gloom. I think it will change, but yeah. patience, obviously, I know Wally, you say 30 years, I think it is going to change and we'll see a shift at some point, especially with this group. Like what kid out there doesn't like Drake Batherson or Brady Kachuk or Thomas Shabbat? Like, you know, they've got some great corner pieces now. They're very easy to cheer for. Absolutely. I think that, okay, well, let's flip it back to you guys here. What would you say to a fan that is trying to decide how they want to support this team or should they buy tickets? Like, what would you, what would you guys say to those fans out there that are uh, well, listening to us? I, it would never be my place to tell a fan to go to a game, right? Hey man, mm -hmm. you need to go spend $300 with your family yep. and go to that game. Like I, I have, that's completely inappropriate and I would never do that. I am encouraging people that can go to the games to go to the games, of course, mm -hmm. but I can sympathize with the current circumstances of what's happening. And of course, with COVID, that is certainly not helping our causes. The team, the team had a hard enough time as it was prior to COVID, you know, getting yeah. fans in there, you know, unless, unless you had a legitimate winning product, it's not like the team was selling out the arena all the time. And then a pandemic hits and it's, that's a game changer. And now people are a little more apprehensive. You know, the ones that were going are still apprehensive to a degree. So I think there are a lot of variables and it's not just black and white. But I'm hoping here at some point that, I mean, 8,000 is low. Whether, you know, we can yeah, come up good. with any excuse in the world. 8,500 fans is, <laughs> that's less. I was joking with you guys earlier in our group chat. That's less than what we were getting at the John Labatt Center in London, Ontario, when I played in the OHL. Like we were getting 9,000. Yeah. I feel like they're still getting a lot there. So they, uh, I'm agreeing with everybody here. I think there are some changes that need to happen. And I'm hoping that it, we'll see a shift. Uh, with your new alumni job, will you be valley parking people? That, hey, whatever you need me to do, man. I'm versatile. <laughs> I can do it. Now, if it's minus 30 in Canada, Ontario, I'll tell you to go yourself, but I won't do that now. <laughs> but right now in the, in the fall, hey, no problem. If you want to use me as a valet guy, I'll be your guy. Noted. I can't wait for you to park my car. All right. Um, Greg, we got, some we got some trivia to give away. Yeah, yeah, on our last live show on Thursday when we were doing kind of a preview of uh, home opener stuff, right? We were talking big in a home opener. We had Chris Phillips on. How dope was that? That was great. Um, so we had a little trivia-themed uh, home opener question. Um, so we're that one. So if uh, you remember, it was uh, who scored the winning goal in the first-ever opening night meeting between the Sens and Toronto Maple Leafs? The answer, Todd White. So big shout-out to at Harry Wright 19 ot You've scored yourself a Wally Mathot hat t-shirt so we'll be in touch with you slide into those dms and we'll figure out how to sizes and how to get that to you and stuff but uh, hey if you're out there and you're looking at these uh these dope products and you're like hey i want to get some of those to rep the brand for us man and wear them to the games man if you're going to the games rock these things that'd be dope i, I mean meth meth's there he was he was cruising the concourse the other day so there's an opportunity there to maybe uh rep the rep the brand for us would be appreciated so head on over to uh gongshow.ca uh grab some hats hoodies t-shirts whatever you like lots of good stuff there uh super high quality we wear it all the time uh so yeah uh, if you got to if you got some time you want to check it out grab us something there uh good job guys i can't say great show i feel like i'm self your glasses are back self in the back i know i put them back on to see if you guys <laughs> notice uh, my glasses we'll be back thursday <laughs> we'll have uh uh gord uh gord miller stopping by uh he's gonna join us for our show on thursday we will see you then uh, but for now, enjoy your uh, whitewater beers wearing your gong show hoodies uh, betting at sportsinteraction.com. We will see you up Thursday. Take care, everybody.